Hi, this is Coin Social Podcast, and today we have guests in our podcast, and this is Daniel. Daniel, can you please introduce yourself a little bit for our audience? Yeah. Hello. So my name is uh, Daniel Schweiger. Um, I'm also known as Crypto Daniel on Instagram, and I'm mainly a software developer. I worked on blockchain applications, and I'm also a little bit of an influencer on Instagram with my Crypto Daniel account. Yeah, that's, I would say, basically it, what I'm doing, mainly in my free time. Other than that, I'm a software developer. Cool. Yeah, um, you have quite a vast portfolio and experience with crypto and blockchain. So basically, um, that's why we called you here to talk with us, to talk with me, basically. And as I remember from our communication by email, you had actually a really interesting study path. So um, can you please tell in brief, what did you study and why did you choose this degree? Yeah, sure. Um, so mainly um, I was studying, uh, I made my bachelor thesis, which was about smart contract um, on Ethereum, like the security of it, like some known attacks and um, that happened in the past where millions were lost and so on, on the Ethereum blockchain and also on others, which are able to do smart contracts. And uh, in this uh, bachelor thesis, I was mainly uh, analyzing this kind of attacks and seeing, uh, checking it with, so there's actually some smart contract uh, weakness uh, register uh, online for Ethereum for Solidity code. And there I was checking it with different kind of static code analysis tools. Um, there are some out there and just comparing them, um, how they work, which kind of attacks they can find and so on. So they cannot find all attacks because that's not always possible there are some attacks that happen during the runtime of the blockchain and so on and that's not so easy for such tools and so you always need somebody if you really have some kind of checks you need some experts to do the smart contract checks before you deploy them to the network to the blockchain and i just checked how many they can find and uh, they defined a lot of attacks uh, so it's always good if you're some kind of smart contract developer to use uh, such tools that are out there that's that's it so i studied actually business informatics that's what i was uh, trying to do all the time so i'm a software developer before i studied and now afterwards as well and in between i did also this study of business informatics because i wanted to combine software development and also informatics in general with uh, like the business side so i have both kind of words together so this was the kind of how to say study that uh, I enjoyed and I wanted to do so that's why I chose it and that's why I also did the bachelor thesis on blockchain applications uh, on smart contracts because this is like the area I like and I think that is getting bigger and bigger because of all this bitcoin hype and smart contract nfts and meme coins and whatsoever actually combined like two of the most i think popular sciences right now about the it software engineering and stuff like that and then also business side economics and this part of the world and now they seem to connect more and more each year so like you kind of <laughs> like joined up the most prominent the most progressive things that, that exist right now right now this is really great and like were you thinking about crypto at the time when you decided with the unistatis 
was this topic even on notice um, at the time when you were starting with all those things? Actually, um, before my studies, I was already into crypto. So I started like 2016 with crypto, I think. I mean, I heard about it before already in high school and so on, and people talked about it. But I guess everybody else or most of the people out there are thinking like, yeah, that's some currency internet it doesn't work that must be some scam and stuff like that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um so <laughs> i was a little bit you know not into it so i heard of it and i just forgot about it and didn't look much into it which was kind of bad because before it was i guess really cheap to buy some cryptos <laughs> um so <laughs> so i started actually 2016 with it slowly that i bought some cryptos and i also worked for a company uh, with cryptocurrencies i did my studies uh, my thesis in cryptocurrency so cool cool so like you had actually a a quite um well-defined studying path with your interests and let's say um yes that's really cool so you enjoyed your studies this is like a rare thing to encounter i think (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think it's important um yeah, and also sure. i think this is some topic that is really hot currently everybody wants to do it even if now the market is going down a little bit but this is always like an opportunity for the market you know to build and create new stuff yeah, and definitely. after some years it regains popularity and it gets like some hype again and some bubble and like or every three four years so <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely the truth. Yeah. So moving forward, um, your working experience in this field of cryptocurrencies and blockchain is also really vast. Uh, Like, when I I first read it, when you first sent me your bio for the article you've written, I was like, oh, this guy must be a huge specialist in that. I think the, the most, the biggest project probably, tell me if I'm wrong, was the wallet you've made could you please tell what was the project about like functionalities of this wallet how long did it last the goal was the goal initially uh yeah so first of all i wouldn't say i'm an expert <laughs> i'm just interested in stuff and uh, a, a dev- developer that likes to do blockchain things but yeah um so i would say yeah, it was one of the biggest things i did so far it was that my company uh, worked for um, it's called Confinity. We had our own software and we also did software for other companies. And during this project was like uh, the main developer for this uh, company that we worked for. Um, They're called like Infineon and they produce like uh, chips and Java smart uh, cards and so on. And they actually wanted to try out this uh, new kind of blockchain thing. And they had like this smart card with NFC functionality. So you could use it like a bank card um, and you had like a private key on it so it was like a hardware wallet you can say um, with private key on it we did an application for ethereum so you could use it for the ethereum blockchain and it was like a project for one two months or so um, we worked on and it was like an android app where you could use this smart card on your phone so you hold it to the back of the phone to read um, the information uh, about the, not the private key, but like the public key, the address out out of it. And then you could actually see how much uh, balance you had in Ethereum. And you were also able to use it then to transfer Ethereum over the blockchain to somebody else 
or you could also use like ERC20 tokens. So you could also use your own tokens or some other tokens to transfer. So it was basically like an Android um, Ethereum wallet that we created there. It was only working with a smart card, so with like a hardware wallet. They just wanted to show um, what is possible with their card and that you can use it for blockchain applications. And we were also able to we created like a really uh, like simplistic smart contract that was like some voting mechanism where you could vote for four options uh, to also show that this is possible. So you were able to use your card to vote for like four options on the Ethereum blockchain. So basically That's... you just wanted to create something for like regular people, which is so cool. Because as far as I remember, when I um, sometimes come to the wallet's uh, websites, they have some kind of uh, catchy punchlines like uh, for investors, traders, stuff. But not many of them actually position themselves as something for ordinary people for doing ordinary stuff. So this is actually really great. Is this wallet still in operation? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can still, I think, buy this. There's like some starter kit they have where you can get the card and some information paper and so on. I think on GitHub, there, there's like the project, it's open source, so everybody can read it, the Android app itself. And you can buy this. I think like universities are using it. I'm not quite sure because I don't work for them anymore, but um, there are some universities using it and it, you can buy it at Infineon and use it. Then you just download the Android app. It's in the Play Store of Google and you can use it. Then you can use your phone. You can use the smart card and you can transfer Ethereum as an Ether for the Ethereum network. So this is still possible or should be possible. <laughs> cool. Uh, what were the most challenging parts of the project? Like, do you remember any uh, exact challenges, for example, you had with your tasks or anything like that? I mean, there are a lot of challenges. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I understand. But like, some <laughs> yeah, yeah. probably like situations are difficult for you or something. Yeah, yeah. So in general, I would say that there was like uh, one thing that was uh, stuck in my mind still. And that's the handling of this. So you have like this private key on the card. And then you have this like elliptic curve algorithm, that really mathematical thing that is able to produce like, public key out of it and you cannot go back. So nobody can steal your money uh, without some intermediate people. You can use it what's, what Bitcoin is about and uh, all the other coins are about. So no bank in between. And this is really difficult to handle because uh, if you create some signatures when you send some transactions you have like different kind of values you have to use you cannot mess up with it so you have to be precise with it and we had some troubles there at the beginning but sorted out later on and yeah it went better but this was i would say one of the difficult things there because it was really mathematic uh, you you still can use like libraries so you don't have to do this yourself otherwise you would never finish i think <laughs> But it's still difficult to use it and you have to be careful, especially if you like make some kind of hardware wallet and you have to use these values accordingly in the library. Because normally if you create like some um, Android or for Apple, like iOS um, wallet for, I don't know, Ethereum, Bitcoin or other kind of coins cryptocurrencies then you don't need to care much about it because the library is doing it for you 
but now we had like the hardware part and then we have to use those values we get from the hardware part to use it in the wallet so it was a little difficult there yeah i see understand okay <laughs> well yeah actually i do understand because i do have some background and really light programming stuff and i i can't imagine what you're talking about so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i tried to explain it as easily as possible yeah, <laughs> but you, it's hard yeah you did it great yeah because even i understood having a little background in this so yeah as it usually happens with our conversational podcasts, on the post-production stage, we decided to divide our talk with Daniel into several parts, because it came out too large. We're really thankful to Daniel for joining us on the podcast, and we look forward to releasing the second part as well. Be waiting for it, and stay tuned.